more of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Five minutes after five here on High Tide this morning. If you're in New South Wales and an hour behind up there in Queensland, in the studio today, Alan Blake, Peter Say, I'm going to catch up with Laurie McAnally in a moment. If you're thinking of heading out today, the forecast for offshore looks this way. Variable winds 10 knots becoming southerly, 15 to 20 knots in the early evening. Seas will be around a metre, increasing to 1 to 1.5 metres inshore. Uh, that's in the afternoon. Uh, the swell will be out of the south, southeasterly at around one metre. Partly cloudy, 60% chance of rain and a thunderstorm. So it's gone down 10% in the last hour. <laughs> Let's hope it keeps going that way. And if you're uh, out and about in Sydney Harbour, Pittwater or Botany Bay, winds western or westerly, 10, to 10 knots becoming southwesterly in the morning, tending southerly, 15 to 20 knots in the middle of the day. Seas below 0.5 of a metre. Partly cloudy, 70% chance of a shower. So at... uh You've got the chance. Well, there is a southerly change coming through, so keep that in mind. And if you're thinking of heading offshore, just take that into account, please. Laurie McAnally, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. You've got a cast of thousands in there. We have got a cast of thousands in here this morning, which is great. We love it. It's, lo- it's lovely hearing. When Peter was got to the Solomons, all those places that I'd been to as a kid, not a kid, young man, uh, Gizo and all through Iron Bottom Sound and all the way up to New Britain uh, and across to Malaita, where the tuna... I don't know if the tuna factory's still at Malaita, but... There's, tu- were, there's tuna factories everywhere. Through there. Well, there's no, tuna no, boats there everywhere. Was one, there was only one when I was there. It was a tuna factory at Malaita. There's, um, there's, uh, there's the remnants of tuna factories that are pretty more accurate. Um, a lot of it's just laying dormant, as are a lot of the boats just laying around uh, the walls yeah, sinking. Oh, there were, yeah, there were about, I don't know, there were about 20 boats laid up in Honiara when I was there. Yeah. So, but uh, the diving was sensational. We dived some be- Iron Bottom Sand. We dived some unbelievable wrecks, and there were planes on the bottom and jeeps. And at one end of the bay, there was this submarine that was sitting. You could go into the top and basically go all the way through the thing and come out near the bottom. It was, yeah. Julie and I had some sensational dives there. Beautiful. But the fishing was a lot better by, when we were there than when you were there. By the sound of it, you didn't. The, um, the fishing very exciting. The fishing was very dramatic um, and very, very sad, really. Uh, I didn't spear a single fish the whole time I was there. Um, Holy and, moly. And normally, normally I would. Um, number one, there, there wasn't uh, uh, very many fish there, and I, w- I wouldn't want to spear off the front of a village because I'd be taking their food source. Taking their food, yeah. A little bit like going, going into my refrigerator and taking all my meat out of the top shelf and <laughs> leaving me nothing behind. But um, I, I would say the whole time I was there, I'd seen maybe four trout that I would have speared. Um, I've right. seen, seen a uh, small dog-tooth tuna. Uh, a bit of trevally and stuff like that, but uh, the situation's a bit yeah. dire. Um, and it, there's no... Um, we always we always get on this subject about conservation, but there, there, there's no conservation issues that I can see in place. Uh, if you go to the markets, you'll see fish laying around, yeah, and uh, they're just sort of sitting on, on the concrete, getting water poured over them. And there's all yeah. signs everywhere saying, you know, you can't take this size fish, you can't take that size fish. But none of that applies. No. Well, when we were there, we, we lost a box carton of Rapalas the first day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I tow a fair size tender behind the boat. It makes it hard to run a lure. But in, private glass when, boats? Sorry? We were fishing out of those 23-foot fibreglass boats with a 
40 horsepower output on it. Oh, they've gone up now. They're about six <coughs> metres long, seven metres long, and they've got uh, 60, 60s on meters. them. Um, they're about five feet wide. Yeah, and about five feet wide. Yeah, they're very narrow, very narrow. Yeah, very but they, narrow. They, they they get along well. You know, you see them getting along with you know ten people in there and up on the plane and going everywhere. Uh, they have long distances in them. Um, they oh. even have they even have dug out wooden canoes where they've cut the back off, um, put a uh, put a, a wedge in there to mount an outboard on it, and um, there's now got a flat right. back on a timber canoe with a sixty horse on it. That's the way to go. Now, the one thing, the two things that sort of got me up there was that, like, once we got away from town, navigation was really tricky because everything's just coconut palms. <laughs> yes. It, it, well, it's, the navigation there, even with GPS, was awkward because at, at some stages, some of the charts were showing um, port markers on our port side as we're going up, and then... Um, some of the markers were the reverse to what was actually on the chart. So, yeah, there's, there was, you really needed a, a, a co-pilot just to keep talking to me and getting into areas. And um, the the um, uh, GPS plotter was um, the very first time we arrived in uh, the Solomons. Um, it was out by about uh, 200 metres. And um, oh, I, wonderful. I made this approach and I'm looking at the leads and I'm looking at the um, GPS plotter and if I had followed the plotter, I'd still be there uh, picking up pieces of the boat off the bottom. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, the, all the way up what's called the Diamond Passage, which goes between um, uh, Munda and Noro, uh, it's about a... Uh, it'd be about a ten mile run where it's uh, you're weaving in and out uh, mountains on either side of you and uh, roofs everywhere. Um, we were, according to the GPS, on land all the way up. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, right. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, you might have, you might have had the satellite at the wrong angle or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we very quickly started ditching various types of um, navigation. Hang on, we where, where, where did Elon tell you where? Where did Starlink tell you you were? <laughs> oh, Starlink was great, but doesn't actually give you GPS. Position. No, but will it give you Google Earth? Will it ah, position you on Google that's Earth? That's what I was getting to. So we, with the uh, advent of um, Elon Musk's uh, Starlink, uh, we were able to run Google Earth all the way, uh, 100%, and that's exactly what I was just going to. Yeah. 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 Um, so Google Earth with a, uh, a chart overlay was really what saved us uh, in that area. Um, obviously, yeah. a lot of people have navigated with, without that. Well, how did uh, they navigate there 80 years ago during the Second World War? Uh, probably bumping their way up along the coast. <laughs> Did he tell you about the wrecks? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, they lost um, a lot of boats, Alan. Yes, they did. Yeah. And if you read some of the old histories, a lot of the boat, a lot of the fellow the, up, who operated up there, the bigger ships operated with free water in, in the ballast. Okay. Yeah. And so that if they went aground... They dump, pump it out. They, yeah. They'd pump it out and, and lift about six or eight inches and slide off. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, might need more than that in some of those spots. I'm just doing the math know. on that one. I could do a bit of that, but we'd have to empty the bar at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the home brew. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll drop. I love the Solomons. I'd go back in a blink. But um, the, the other thing for this week, uh, well, A, I had the boat service because I always get the boat service in November because I don't want to get caught up in all the nonsense that happens at Christmas time. Yes. And, and Alan and I have discussed this a a fair few times for those listeners who have boats, please. The one thing you can do to help yourself is service your boat, get your boat serviced. That's right. It's a, you know it's a couple of hundred, or, you know, three or four hundred bucks, but just you just do it. It's uh, you know it wasn't until I really had a commercial, you know, I was operating two commercial vessels. You realise just how important it is to have a servicing schedule. 
know, when you've got a recreational boat, you know, you use the boat, chuck it in the, you know, chuck it in the, wash it down, flush it out, chuck it in the shed. You know, and when, when we lived in Sydney, you probably fish every second or third week, depending on the weather and all the rest of it. But up here, when, when you're fishing a lot, when you're going a lot, you have to stick to your service schedule. So please just, and please don't, you know, I, I could see these guys have run off their feet already. They were, uh, you know, they were working a man down and, and, uh, you know, they had, you know, a string of boats to service on the day I turned up. So they still, they obviously earn their money, but, uh, don't get caught up in the Christmas rush, please. You know, get your boat serviced and have it done. And, and if you're going to use it, take it away to, you know, I like the ones that tow the boat here and the, and the steering's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I get that in September, October. People go and launch the boat, push it off. Okay. Let's go. Oh, motorboat turn. Round around in circles. <laughs> Yeah, the trim and tilt works, but the the, the steering doesn't. Dude, that's anyway, it, yeah. And the other one before we go to our break, every year, Alan knows I fish. I've got a fishing buddy, Terry. Now, Terry's pretty fair dinkum sort of a bloke, and he's had boats all his life since he was twelve or thirteen. Puts the boat, we put the boat in, push it off. This is a little four two nine now. Yeah. And he he always sits beside or gets goes down beside on the wharf, presses the power tilt and trim button, and and starts it, and then hops in. <clears throat> Well, he did all that, and there was blowing a nor'easter with an incoming tide. And uh, as he, he let the boat go, and then sort of stood up and then stepped into the never never. <laughs> 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 and I, I'd park the car, I could hear all this commotion down along the wharf, and I see my boat drifting away. And <laughs> here's this grey headed thing flapping around on the top, and all these people are concerned. And I said, Look, don't worry about him, the boat. <laughs> the boat. <laughs> And I said, look, turds always float to the top anyway, leave him. <laughs> anyway, he, he swum to the boat ramp, walked up the boat ramp, took his two, he was completely safe. Took his, luckily, he had put his phone, wallet and keys oh. in the little console, uh, you know, the little glass thing on the console. Yeah. But yeah, he wasn't, he didn't talk to me for a while. I couldn't quite work out. He, I don't know whether he was angry at himself or cranky at me. Embarrassed, <laughs> most probably, I'd say. And, and a, a bit deeply pink, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that was our story for the week. If you're going to step onto a boat, make sure it's tied to the boat, to the pond. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break, Laurie, and back with more in a minute. I used to drive seven hours to hospital and seven hours back. You know, when Bob first flew me to hospital from a chemo, it was such a relief. Can you imagine? A two-day trip became two hours. What angel flight does is a godsend. So please, support the work of Angel Flight, or if you can, get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver, because helping Angel Flight helps people who really need help. Recently retired and want to give back to the community, looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. VIEW supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1-800-805-366 or go to view.org.au. Relax and unwind before you take off when you stay overnight at Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel. Located just a minute's walk to the terminal and a five-minute stroll to the beach, Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel is your perfect home away from home. Enjoy a sundowner and meal at Ridges Rooftop Bar with views along the Gold Coast beaches and the hinterland. Visit ridges.com or you can call 
07-56198-198. Finance Easy understands that recent times may have been uncertain for business owners and they'll make it simple to get you finance at competitive rates. Finance Easy takes the hassle out of borrowing money, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. No more meetings with bank managers, no reams of paperwork, just a few clicks on the website. Visit financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian credit licence number 392182. With 20 tab tracks across New South Wales and plenty of greyhound racing action daily, thedogs.com.au is the home for everything greyhound racing. Watch all New South Wales greyhound racing live, plus view on-demand replays and get expert form analysis and tips on every race. The black book function allows you to add your chosen dogs and trainers to let you know when they're running next and update you with their results. It's the one-stop shop for greyhound racing. Visit thedogs.com.au Gamble responsibly. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil and this summer let Cobram Estate be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better this summer with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Listen to 2SM online. 2SMSuperNetwork.com More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing. Welcome back to High Tide, Alan Grant and Peter Sayer in the studio this morning. No, Kieran, he's on the sick list. But we've got Laurie McAnally online with a fish report from Southwest Rocks. Yeah, well, the fishing's been pretty good. Um, it's been, oh, we'll get to it as we go. There's a bit of weed around, even at sea. Um, some of the boys who fished on Tuesday when, when Terry was swimming, um, they got uh, they got hit patches of water with green. The, the line came up with green slime on it from top to bottom in 60 metres. Okay. So uh, if you hit that, just keep moving because that there will not be any fish in that slime. Ah, that yeah, yeah. I promise you, that gets in their gills or does something. It's dead water. But there was good water north of uh, uh, Scott's Head, and they caught plenty of nice perch, snapper, and trag, and a few big tuskies. Uh, so that, they, they had a. They actually, when you got out of that green stuff, the fish bit pretty well. Uh, Pete Brenton fished yesterday. I told him it was going to be a bit bumpy, and it was. He only lasted till nine o'clock. But he got, well, he fished the dot and he got six, I think, six trags and small pearly. JR got five very nice perch out the front of, uh, in the same area. So uh, there's obviously fish right along the system. It's just, it's just, yeah, if you strike bad water, just just get away from it. Fish Rock's got a few kingies if you can beat the sharks. Um, there's a bit of a show of spanner crabs. I don't know if it's legal, so I think commercials can't catch them, but we can or something. Uh, they, they left the, um, they left recreationals out of the fish out of the act when they rewrote it. So it's just as commercial fishermen may not fish. It's supposed to read commercial and recreational fishermen may not fish, but they left the word recreational out. <laughs> so you can catch spanner crabs. There's been plenty of them. There's been plenty of flathead along that uh, 38 metre line between uh, that, uh, straight off Little Bay from Little Bay south to Green Island. There's a good lot of flathead. So there's enough fish at sea to keep you going. There's quite a few bonito on the headlands if you need some bait. And then uh, in the beaches, beaches quiet. We've got very heavy 
cornflake weed along the coast. Crescent Head's got a bunch of it. The bottom end of Hat Head's got a bit of it. Um, North Beach, I think I heard you say earlier, North Beach, down of Port Macquarie's got a heap of it. Uh, so your beach fishing's a little tiny bit restricted. Stick to the northern corners because uh, the current tends to sweep from north to south uh, and the northern corners don't have much weed. You'll get a few whiting. The only, that's all I've heard of, a handful of whiting, an odd brim and an odd flatty. So beach is a bit ordinary right now. Uh, and not even any dart. Usually the dart drive you nuts, but no. Uh, and the, but the river is, uh, the Maclay is still fishing really well. This, um, this run of flathead on it, you know, maybe just, that's just, that's the new normal after all these floods, but yeah, plenty, lots and lots and lots of flathead. A handful of legal school mulloway, plenty of undersized ones being caught and taken and let go and not let go and all the rest of it, but there's a mile of undersized mulloway there. Uh, a few big tailors still in the river. They've been there for a while. And a, and a big kingy on Tuesday we were there. There was a chap came in off the breakwater, had caught a 15.5 kilo kingy on the breakwater, from the breakwater. There you go. Nice that's fish. How's that? Oh, land-based. Yeah, it's oh. good fish, yeah. <laughs> out of a boat. It's stuff out of a boat is about 10 times stuff yeah. off the breakwater. But, yeah, no, he, he, uh, he'd seen them there the day before swimming along the wall. Well, they'd been in the river for about three weeks. And they're 15 to 17, 18 kilo fish. And um, one of the commercial fellows tried to get them in a net the other night and ended up with about 40 hulls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smart Alec. Um, <laughs> anyway, he, um, this, this, uh, this fellow who caught it off the brake wall, just, he, he caught it on a lure, on a popper. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, we got the frame for uh, we got the frame of the kingy and turned that into five mud, big mud crabs. So that was so you know we were very gracious, very grateful for the frame. Bit of bit of an upgrade, uh, hey? A little bit of an upgrade there. Well, it's just, <laughs> big big kingies don't taste very good, but he filled it off and we kept the rest. And yeah, the, the big fish heads are great in crab traps. They can't the brim can't pick them apart, and they they last for two or three days. Yeah, they always. You always get a bonus out of a big kingy head or a big mahi mahi head or a you know, dewy head, big snapper, something like that. But, yeah, so we got five muddies. So there's a few muddies in the river uh, and a few, a few uh, well, a fair few, quite a few bass up at Kempsey. We've got some water running down the river right here uh, for the first time this year. So that after all this rain, there's a bit, of, uh, a bit of water coming down and the bass are going a bit berserk up the top. So... Lots and lots of fishing, and uh, I'm about to do exactly the same. It's calm and clear, uh, and Polish Pete's waiting for me at the boat ramp, apparently, according to the text on my phone. <laughs> at the boat ramp. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm here. The boat's ready to go. The sandwiches are cut. The, the bait's on board. Bait and ice are on board. The sandwiches are cut, and I'll be down there, Pete, if you're listening. I'll be down there in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Make sure the boat's tied up when you go to get on it. Right? I, 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 I have never fallen in the water. Thank you. Have you? Oh, well, uh, there's always a first, there, isn't there? There is a first to come. <laughs> I, I, I have twice, twice launched a boat without buns. Yeah, we all do that at some stage. That's, that's... I tell people now that there's only two types of people, those who have launched a boat without buns. And, and those lies. who are going to launch the boat without buns. Oh, and, and fibbers, lies. And fibbers. <laughs> that that, have, that actually happened to me once. I had a rather nice-looking savage boat, and uh, this chap came up to me and said, oh, it's a nice boat. And he said, I've had it for a while. Yeah, I've had it for a while. He's done a lot of miles. And as I'm talking to him, I notice my feet are getting wet. And he's one of these <laughs> one, one, of, one of these blokes you can't get away from, you know. And he says, oh, you must know what you're doing, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, it's all good. I've got to go, you know. And he's like... Oh, what's that there? 
<laughs> when I left the uh, left the boat ramp, the boat was about a forty five degree angle as I tried to <laughs> tried to move away. <laughs> the older bark, but uh, Laurie, sorry, the older bark rushes had a kill tank uh, in the back of them. They did, they and, did, and the bung went straight into the ballast system. And if you forgot to put that one in, you, by the time you've launched it, you start to get water around your ankles. You could actually get it on the plane, and the ballast tank would empty, and the water would run out, and then you'd put the bung back in again. They were good. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Covered a lot of sins. Uh, once I worked it out really, really fast, and once I found out when I was about five miles out to sea <laughs> and drifting, like you, when you're five miles out to sea and there's water coming over the floor, yes. yeah, that, one, that one I stripped off, stripped off, jumped in, and swam under the boat, uh, swam to the back of the boat, and put the bung. Put the bung. Yeah, smart move. On that on that subject, um, I noticed that there's um, a lot of boats. Um, on their way home from a fishing trip that are overturning on the on the way back in <clears throat> and um, just capsizing and a little bit like this. I don't know if you notice it down here as much as up there, but certainly it's something that comes up. And any free water in the bottom of your bilge has a very bad effect on your stability oh, yes. of your boat. Absolutely. Um, yes. And so it's, it's it's really something if you've got water in there, get it out of there because... Um, always test the bilge pump, yep. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same as having two big fat people running from one side to the other and, yep. and then going backwards and forwards. No, free water is extremely dangerous and in small boats, yep, I absolutely guarantee it. Anyway... I'm about to hit the road, and I'm going to go and try and catch up. This will be my last day out in the deep water, I reckon. The, uh, we'll go go out and fish in 110 metres today. But I think after the day, the, once, this, once the blue water current comes in, you can't fish out there. So we'll take Polish Pete out and see if we can get him a big pearly or a bar cod or something. All right. We'll okay, Laurie. Thanks, Dad. report next Sunday. Okay. Have a great week, Laurie. <laughs> and hopefully no one falls in the water. <laughs> Okay. Including me. Okay. <laughs> you make Sorry, it to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it? I mean, when, when you, you leave the bung out, you decide you're not going to sit there and fish. You're just going to trawl. Keep well, going. Yeah, keep going fast. Keep going as fast Although, as you can. I did have a customer, and he's past now, Chris Ramston, lovely fella, had an old 15-foot uh, or 16-foot Mustang uh, with a 90 horsepower on it, and he was fishing down off Bateman's Bay. And luckily he had the radios on and older boat, transit was getting a bit soft on it and we discussed it. And he's out there fishing with his son and a mate and all of a sudden he's got water around his ankles. The transom actually let go in the boat. Ooh. And by the time he got to the radio, he mayday, mayday, glug, glug, glug. Glug. <laughs> and thankfully, there was a boat only about a kilometre away. I heard a mayday, looked around, and saw the nose of this boat sticking out of the water. Wow. That's how quick it can happen. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. the transom just opened up and in the water came. And he was, he was drifting at the time. So, uh, you've got to be careful. Yeah, no fun. We'll take no. a break and be back on the other side of this. Imitators come and go, but there is only one John Laws. $228 million is going to be spent on 3,000 extra staff for Centrelink and Medicare. 3,000 more staff for Centrelink and Medicare. That's one way to reduce unemployment numbers, employ more people in Centrelink. But are you really telling me the truth when you say your children won't visit you because you won't give them money? Correct. They wanted more money and they tried to hold us to ransom. Give us more money or we take away the grandkids. I said, we'll take away the grandkids. I think you should run for politician and you'd win hands down. No, well, I don't think that'd be a good idea. I'm too honest to be a politician. You're right. See, see how clever you are? <laughs> The John Lewis Show, weekdays from 9am on 2SM.
If you're looking for value for money on all homewares, then check out the incredible savings at Peters of Kensington. You'll get more bang for your buck on cookware, small electrical, dinnerware and tabletop items, kitchenware, Manchester, luggage and more. All the top brands are at Peters. Scanpan Cookware, Rydell Glassware, Wedgwood Dinnerware, Stanley Rogers Cutlery and Sheridan Towels. Visit their flagship store at 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, open seven days a week or shop online. Petersofkensington.com.au why in the world would you shop anywhere else? There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump, and they're customizable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to Razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's Razorback 4 x4.com.au Trying to choose new flooring, window furnishings or rugs for your home? Choices Flooring's Room View makes it easy to find the look you've been searching for. Whatever the space or your flooring needs, simply take a photo of the area in your home and select your flooring styles, window furnishings or rugs from the thousands of colours, styles and texture options. Using Choices Flooring's Room View, you can see your selections right in your own home. Then send your favourites to your local Choices Flooring store to book a free measuring quote. Good for the game tomorrow? Nah, still trying to sell the car. Oh, give me your phone, let me do it. Yeah, good luck. Car sales, instant offer. Car sales, what? Instant offer. You can skip creating an ad, dealing with buyers and waiting for a decent offer all weekend. Is that the offer for my car already? Yep. Now just take it to one of the official buyers nationwide, get it looked over, and the money drops the next business day. So I'll see you at the game then? Yeah, see you at the game. Car sales instant offer. The hassle-free way to sell your car. Decency and supply. This is 2SM Sydney. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. 29 minutes away from six here on High Tide. Grant Boyden, Alan Blake and Peter Say in the studio. Freddy Krueger not here today? No, Freddy Krueger. Kieran's on the sick list. That is the worst nickname you come up with. That that is mean. It's right, but it's mean. No, it wasn't (laughs) derogatory, but it's the best way to describe it. He's got some stuff he's had to put on his face for for little sun cancers and things like that. Mm. And it brings it out, but it turns it all red and goes all scaly. It just looks like Freddy (laughs) Krueger. You're a nasty man, Alan. You're a nasty man. No, he he said, I went to Queensland so no one could see how bad my face looks at the moment. (laughs) Then he sent photos of himself to everyone. So what was the point? They've been calling me Mumbles for eight eight weeks now. He's got no teeth at the moment. Uh, Next Friday. Next Friday. Hang on. What happened to the ones I put in two weeks ago? Yeah, they didn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, it's it's almost like um, trying to get an alternator. For, for a diesel motor on your yacht. You know, everyone you grabs the wrong one. It's a, the teeth are the same, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but don't get someone else's teeth. Get your own. Well, that, that, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what... Peter Johnson, good morning. How you going? Sounds like a bit of a calamity all around, Kieran, with your food, it's cream, and I've had that before. Yeah, it, it gets in and burns you, and, but it does a good job. It limit, limits the scarring you get on your face. But, but, but is well, Freddy Krueger an accurate description of what he looked like? Well, pretty much, yeah. 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 And All the, he needs is the, um, 
the, the red and green bloody uh, jumper and the, uh, the hat, and you're right. <laughs> and and the big thing is at the moment he like it was about nine o'clock last night when he messaged me and he still hadn't slept from the, the previous morning. So it, it's not that he's, you know in any drama it's just that he's tired because no, he's driving he, he you nuts he was still smarty for paying for breakfast for Swanee and Eva I thought that was closer to the truth yeah. I couldn't uh, he, well the pain would have been if he had to shell out for that's it that's what I mean he, he did he, he bought him yesterday and he bought him and the day before yeah. two days in a row that's why he didn't sleep Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're nasty people when he's not here. <laughs> oh, no, we're nasty when he's here as well. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose you'll be looking forward to eating a steak soon, Grant. It's not right. Oh. It's funny the it's funny the things you crave. Like mm. I, I'm I'm actually after an old school hamburger more than anything else. You know, with the I want beetroot on it. I want lettuce, Just tomato. Just use a Nutribullet. Yeah, oh, have it all in one go. Yeah, baked in it through the blender. That's I, it. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm not looking forward to PJ. Pasta. You can stick that for the next 12 months. I don't want to know about any type of pasta. I've got enough of it. <laughs> I, I said to my wife, you watch this, I'm going to make a car out of spaghetti. She said, no chance. You should have seen the look when I drove pasta. <laughs> dad joke. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah. So where are you at the moment? I'm parked up on the side of the road in time for the phone call. I'm uh, just, uh, I'm just, where am I? Um, <laughs> That's it, Wulgoga, lovely. Yeah, Whoopie. Um, We're going to talk about drag today. What's a Friday night usually, isn't it? (laughs) We're not going to talk about dressing up in ladies' gear and, you know, putting the makeup on and doing a review. Oh, all right. Uh, But we're going to talk about drag. Now, first of all, whenever I buy a fishing reel, I always, when I spool it up, I always check the drag and see how smooth it is because I can guarantee you, even even when I bought my Stratic, I wasn't happy with the drag. So what you do is you take the knob off the, the spool and underneath there you've got a circlet. You take that out and you lay your washers out in sequence the way they come out. And what you do with the metal washers that are in there, the platform washers, I've got a piece of glass. And on that glass, I start off with some 400 wet and dry and a bit of kerosene. And I put the metal washers on it and figure eight circles on the wet and dry of the kerosene. And then when you have a look after a minute, you'll see all the high spots on the metal washers with all the scratches coming from the wet and dry. Once you uh, get that done on both sides, then you go over to some 800 and then finish off with some 1200 and you get a perfectly smooth drag washer, both sides. Um, and then you reassemble it as per, and then notice how smooth the drag is because a line in your knot is under the most pressure when you're fighting a fish. And when you have a drag that sticks, the rod loads right up and then the drag does its job. It releases a bit of line and the rod springs back and then all of a sudden the drag tightens up again and the rod goes down. That's when you put a lot of pressure on your knots. Um, and don't also tear the hooks out of a fish's mouth as easy once you've got a smooth drag. So you'll be surprised how much of an improvement you can get. Now, that's all right with spinning reels. If you're using um, a lever drag overhead or a bait caster, take the end plate off, and if it's a star drag, you undo the star nut, and then your drag washers will come out on that in that spindle assembly. And it's the same principle, the, the, the block of glass, the... 400, the 800, 1200 wet and dry, and a bit of kerosene for um, for lubrication and um, for 
stopping the, the grit um, clogging up. And, and you do that and you'll have a reel that'll be so silky smooth in the drag, you'll just say, wow, this is a huge, huge improvement. It's, um, it, it, it's you know, like, because I fish a lot with Alvies, the best drag is what I've got in the palm of my hand. You put that on the bottom of the spool and you can apply the pressure as you, as you need to and, you know, it's always smooth. But when, you, when you're using an egg beater and you, the diameter of the spool might only be three and a half inches, but your drag wash is only an inch and a half inch and a quarter diameter, there's a lot of pressure on those smaller diameter washers. Um, and if there's any high spots in there, it's going to grab. And as you tighten down your, your drag knob on your spool, it, it makes it grab more against the friction material washers. So, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's very much the same as what, for those who can remember, getting a clutch shutter in a car. That's it, yeah. Yeah, it needs yeah, to yeah. Like a jerking right. motion. And yeah, exactly right. It's, uh, it puts a lot of load onto any knots or onto the, uh, onto the hook itself. A, a manual car, what's that? Most kids can't drive them <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like they, they call them millennial anti-theft devices. That's it? Yeah, uh, well, I've got an 18-speed one of them here, so that's quite <laughs> But um, the other thing about drags, too, is uh, once you get that done, and, and look, it may take you half an hour, but that half an hour of polishing those three or four metal washers in your drag system is going to be so beneficial to your fishing, it's not funny. But then I see other people make a huge mistake at the end of the day fishing. They get the gear and they hose the boat down, they lay the rods up, up against the fence, and they hit them with the, the hose at full bore. You're going to hose your reels down, tighten your drag up, and hose them. And then, and then let them drip dry. But, you know, you're not using pressure. You're just using, like, a sprinkler, like, almost like a shower. But if you go back to the old days, Bruce Schumacher used to say he used to take them in the shower with him. Uh, <laughs> Finish his dose, he's taking the shower, and then when they're dry, he used to hit them with the Shimano Sportsproof. Yeah, now that's that's you, you, I, that's by um, the by. Now, what I do is I just tighten my drags up, I rinse the reels off, then I uh, I dry them, and I use inox wipes. So you can get the can where you spray it on, but sometimes you'll get it on your line, and that can have um, adverse effects to different types of lines. I just use the inox wipes out. You just yes, like a little yeah. um, baby wipe. You just pull it out of the pack and you wipe the reel down, and you undo your drag washers naturally when it's dry. The idea of the tightening the drag up is not to let water get in amongst the washers. So uh, you tighten your drag up, rinse your reels off, and then release the drag, and then wipe your reels down with the inox. And now for a lever drag or a star drag, it's the same thing. Push the drag up to maximum, rinse them off dry it, turn the drag off, and uh, wipe it over there. Don't use anything like brake clean or anything like that, because no. you'll soon find your line's going to come uh, come apart. It'll, it'll start to melt with some of those things. But inox, it's a lanolin base. It's quite good. Um, and you just wipe the uh, metallic and plastic surfaces of the reel, and you're in business. You can also get uh, Shimano's got the, the Royal Oil and the CRC yep. tackle guard as well. Yeah, I haven't used the CRC, and I don't know what it is, but um, uh, the inox wipes for me are pretty good because we use the inox on everything. Yes, um, yep. You know, because they even do a food spray, food grease, you know, so when I was doing the meat slices and all that sort of stuff, yep. I used to use it, um, uh, lanolin-based grease. But, um, yeah, for those out there listening, if you, if, if you want to increase the efficiency of your reel, 
And even you might pay four or five hundred dollars for a reel, but you'll be surprised once you put those washers on uh, on a bit of uh, flat. And if you can find a bit of glass that's an inch and a half thick, even better because that is the most effective surface plate you're going to get. Inch and a half and, thick? That's a fair bit of glass. Yeah, I know. I'm lucky. I've had this thing for about 35 years. Um, it was a bank window. I was just going to say that. So you'd have to go to the local bank and say, yeah. do you mind if I stand here for a while and just rub my uh, washers around on your window? <laughs> just don't lick the windows, eh? Uh, <laughs> Don't be a window licker. Just look in the window. Yeah, but Pete, ha- have a look at that Shimano product. They've got a real oil spray and a real grease spray. Yeah, right. Oh, well, That's from Shimano. If there's parking park outside um, Motacla Cross Harbour on the way back today, I'm going to go and have a look. Go and have a look, yeah. Got to have a big cheerio because Benny Pag and I pulled up there last Sunday on the way back, and uh, we were, you know, 15 minutes early, so we crossed the road and we waited outside and. I think it was Zach just opened the door and said, I mean, guys, you guys are regulars. So, so he, knew, he knew we got to get going in and out of the truck. Yeah. In the store in 15 minutes early for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still paying the damage on the wallet for that one. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, now do that. Try your, try your drag and just remember at the end of the day's fishing, do your drag up, rinse them off, but release the drag off. Yeah. Always keep your, your reels, when you're not using them, drag off. That's They'll it. last a lot longer. Okay, Pete. Right. Thank you for that. You have a yeah. safe drive back and don't do too much damage at Motac on the way home. <laughs> well, I won't do the damage. It's the wallet that gets the damage. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get damaged by Linda afterwards. <laughs> okay. The pain will be I, Whenever I die, Al, I hope she doesn't sell my fishing gear. <laughs> what a seller I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> See you, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about manual cars and autos. Yes. I drove manuals all my life, and now I've got Kim's car, which is auto, which is a rubbish car. Absolute rubbish. Works fantastic during the day, but can't get it to drive properly during the night. Yeah, okay. Why is that? I've got no idea. I got no. I'm not mechanically minded enough. I mean, I put it in deep in day mode, and it's fine. Yeah. When I night time, I put it in, and it doesn't yeah, go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'll take a break. Weekend <laughs> mornings with Pete Davis. I had a farmer from Coonabarabran, and he said that they're getting half the amount of money for their cattle now. But unfortunately, in the supermarkets, the meat prices are still very high. Pete Davis has Sydney talking. I was at a farm, and the lady there grows cabbages. They're selling them in Coles and Woolworths for five dollars. And she gets 30 cents for it. So, you know, everyone's being nailed to the wall by the big supermarkets and, and nothing's happening. 2SM has Sydney talking. Who am I? I make you laugh and sometimes cry. I'm there when you wake up and by your side each day. You can take me anywhere. I've been connecting communities for longer than you've been alive. Oh, and this year... I'm marking 100 years of providing Australians with laughs, news, sport and great music. I am Australian Radio. 100 years and just getting started. Thanks for listening. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L-Kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. 
Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please, support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. When it comes to the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, Stiff, Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel may assist you. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff, Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff, Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveallcollection.com.au or phone Ray, 0406-671359. Get a great deal more with Kubota's in-stock catalogue. Check out Kubota's excavators, mowers, utility vehicles, generators and tractor range, which perfectly match to Kubota's land pride attachments. All available for immediate delivery. Let Kubota help to get your property ready for summer. With package deals, competitive finance rates and extended warranties, there's never been a better time to get yourself into a new Kubota machine. Visit kubota.com.au to view the in-stock catalogue now. 2SM has Sydney talking. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Welcome back to High Tide. Alan Kieran. No, no, Kieran today. He's in, he's in the sick yeah. list. Grant and Peter Sayer. 13, 12, 69, if you want to give us a call, ask Peter about Solomon's or some of the trips. He's been all around uh, Australia and up and down the coast. And yeah, we've travelled a lot of miles. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. not going to write another book about the Solomons? People keep asking me that, you know. <laughs> That's funny. I was anchored up in a, behind an island there, and this boat came over and said, would you sign my book? <laughs> Which is lovely. But uh, whether or not I'd, I'd do a book on it, um, I'd learn to, need to learn so much more about it. Um, I'd have to spend considerably more time than I have there. I've only spent three months in the Solomons. Yeah. Um, I might be able to do um, a book on one island or, or one yeah. subject, but there is so much of it, so many islands. It's uh, yeah. it's a bit like the uh, Wet Sundays on steroids. For those people who don't know about the books you've written, what are they called? Australia's Coral Sea Islands. Uh, it's a territory uh, which lays outside of the Great Barrier Reef and extends up to 600 miles offshore from Australia. Um, there's uh, a number of Ks, 23 Ks and islands out there and um, about eight major uh, reef uh, complexes, so long before the shipwrecks, both historic and uh, a bit more modern. And uh, we cover the history, we cover the anchorages um, and the activities that can take place out there. Um, it covers over a million square kilometres and uh, it has uh, four inhabitants out there on one island. So Will- at Willis Island? At Willis Island, yeah. They're part of the, um, the Bureau of Meteorology um, early warning system for the cyclones. And they go out there, what, three or six months at a time? Uh, six months at a time they're out there, uh, four people. We used to have a contract where we were running people out there and uh, cargo, goods and fuel, that sort of stuff. But the... Um, the uh, island itself uh, these days is uh, pretty much off limits to anyone who wants to get out that way. You can still anchor up, but you can't go above the high tide mark on, on that particular island. Can't you can't go short Willis? <clears throat> can't go short Willis, no. Which I think is a bit of a shame because um, we used to stop off there and uh, if we're doing a, a charter and we had any leftover uh, fruit and veg, that yes, sort of stuff yeah. that was in excess, we'd take it up there and just give it to them. And you think they'd love to have someone stop in and say hello and have a chat to someone and show them around? Yeah, it, 
Why the policy change, I have no idea. I really don't. Um, mm. It doesn't make any sense at all. But then again, there's a lot of things that happen in government departments that don't make <laughs> yes. any sense, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but certainly if, if what we used to do um, would be go out and talk to people that are out there and they'd be happy to see someone else in a six-month period just to have a yarn to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, used to be a good little setup we had, but uh, um, I really haven't bothered going out that way. Now, one of the interesting things about um, the Willis Island, which is part of Australia, uh, we have to clear customs to go there. <laughs> so it's it's an offshore constitutional island within the exclusive economic zone of Australia um, that we have to clear customs um, in and out. Uh, you have to, now you have to have a meat exporter's licence to um, to take the meat offshore. Out of so you, you buy meat out of Woolies <laughs> to take it out there. You need a meat exporter's licence to deliver that out there. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on, to be quite honest. I wonder why people that are going around the world avoid Australia. Well, okay, Peter, just explain to people what you've got to do as as a, a captain of a boat to leave Australia and then to come back into Australia after you've been to the Solomons. What time's his show run to? <laughs> I'll do a very, a very, very brief one. So first of all, you have to um, uh, export the vessel. You, know, you get the paperwork for that and... Um, you, you go hang, hang on, you're not going to sell the vessel. You're going over to Solomon Islands and coming back That's again. That's correct. That's correct. We're not going to sell the vessel, so we have to export the vessel first. Um, and we, in, in my other business, we have a little bit of import-export business that we do. Um, we usually work through an agent. And you cannot do the paperwork just by yourself. So you have to get a an agent yes. to do the paperwork. Um, and that costs around about four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, so well, we, we better be covered by the registration of the vessel because once you export it, you don't have to be registered in Australia. So they give you your money back, don't they? Well, no. oh. well, we're an Australian registered vessel as well, so there's uh, there's more money that goes up. So oh, the, you, you, when you then say, oh, okay, we're going to depart the the um, the country, so you fill, you fill out your arrival form. Fill out your arrival form to depart the country. That's right. Okay. <laughs> On the top of the form, it's an arrival form. And we say, no, we're departing at this stage. No, no, you filled the same form out. But it's got arrival. It hasn't got arrival and departure at the top of the form. <laughs> so then customs come down and look at your boat and see what you're taking, and you go from there. Um, and then you enjoy yourself overseas. You get over to the Solomon Islands, and they put about three or four people on board. They go, yeah, stamp here, stamp there, there. Thank you very much. Here's some money. And away they go. They don't give as much much issue. So then we decide, okay, it's time to come back into the country. So now we have to fill out the um, arrival form again, um, 96 hours in advance. And that's kind of tricky to do when you're dealing with weather and current. Um, I'm fairly lucky if we're running behind, we just put the throttles down a bit more. But yeah. um, if you're sailing, to, to try and predict 96 hours in advance, that's a, a big ask. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, Border Force and Customs, every time we deal with the people that are on Great. the vessel, uh, they're very good. Yeah. It's the... the um, the structure behind it, the bureaucracy um, behind it all. So we, we then arrive back into Australia uh, and then we have to import the vessel again. And because we're importing the vessel, it's exactly the same as if I was importing something from China or there. So they go right over the boat and we've got to pay for a, a timber ship inspector. And we said, but, uh, aluminium boat. For an aluminium boat. Oh, yes, but you've got a wooden steering wheel and you've got wooden <laughs> panelling. So we treated as a timber boat coming back into the country, even though they've only been out for three months. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Then what What about food and things like that? Uh, well, you, you can't bring any um, 
any fruit and veg or uh, dairy, anything like that, that all had to be uh, disposed of on the way. So what we we do is we we plan to have um, enough for the trip plus thirty percent excess. Yeah. Um, so then as we get closer to the, the, the wherever we are coming in from, we, a lot of it just goes over the side um, because if you bring too much in, you then got to pay biosecurity to remove. Um, the fruit and veg and that sort of stuff. Uh, meat that we had, which was clearly from Australia, and we could show the receipts and everything in there. Um, you didn't have a, your importer's license. That, that was okay, but yeah, we didn't have an importer's license here. Um, so uh, uh, the biggest issue is when you talk to yachts that are overseas, and English might not be their first language. And they ring up and find out what's the process to, to go into Australia. They say, yeah, that's great. We'll go to Indonesia. Mm, yeah. um, and the, the cruising yachts, they have to leave a, what's called a carne here for the vessel. So if they import the vessel, uh, they've got to uh, leave uh, the sum of like about um, – uh, one of the little Benetos we're looking at there, they, there's Beneteau 34. Uh, their fee was like $20,000 that they had to deposit and then get it back on departure. And he's saying, well, what happens if we – you know, don't get it back on departure. I said, look, Australia, you don't get any um, uh, graft and corruption. Graft and corruption. <laughs> so if you do everything the way you should, you will get your money back. It's, it's, yeah. it's not. A, but you can't convince somebody of that. And somebody that's come from um, well, if they've been like the Solomons or different places where they see all these <coughs> things happening, they're a bit concerned. They don't, yeah. and, 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 no, I don't know what I have to take to pay to put my boat in, but yeah. um, you, you want to know you're going to get it back. And Australia hasn't got the graft and corruption that you see in some that's places. Right. They're not asking for little favours when you get there, um, but uh, yeah, it's just something you've got to watch all the way. Yeah, um, Australia is very difficult to import a boat into, um, even if it's for a couple of months. Yeah, they, they, they want tourism. No, they want tourism on big ships and bits and pieces like that, but the small ones is very hard. I, I've been in a plane over New Zealand and back again. I've got to clear customs and even get Lord Howe Island out, then into Norfolk, you've got to clear it both ways, then into New Zealand both ways. Coming back into Australia, uh, the policeman at Lord Howe does a quarantine, customs and aquas. Mm. And... He'll jump on and have a look around the plane. That's good. Then he'll put the vest on, and now I'm doing the aquas inspection. You've got to pay for the customs. You've got to pay for the aquas. It's all different fees type of thing for inspection for the well, sun. Jackets are person. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> the issue is just the bureaucracy behind it. Yeah. Um, when you're trying to fill forms in, and there shouldn't be any government form that someone needs to fill in that a person with a reasonable degree of English language can't fill in. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. a reasonable degree, mm. you know, yeah. high school, high school stuff. You, yeah. sh- you shouldn't need to be going, going and getting a, um, a solicitor to fill in a simple departure form. That's right. It uh, just should be made simple enough that everyone can understand it. Quite amazing, isn't it? You don't realize, but the, like the total cost factor, you're talking thousands of dollars. That's it. It was thousands of dollars to yeah. to, to leave the country that, but hopefully I'm still a, a citizen of. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a welcome to country when you came back? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We won't go there. But I'll tell you what we did do. Uh, over in the Solomons, um, Australians are basically unknown over there amongst all the villages. Okay. Uh, when you say, well, where are you from? It's, oh, Australia. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, so far away, so far away. And um, they don't know of any aid that Australia offers. The, the average person has no idea of the aid that Australia offers. Yeah. And it's the yachts that go over there to these remote villages that are spreading the love. Okay. Um, they're not keen on the Chinese moving in, right. uh, no matter where you go. But Australia should be encouraging people such as myself to go there yeah. and, and yeah. say, look, this is what we do. 
and uh, perhaps take little packages across um, with uh, health products. Okay. We'll continue this after the news, but 13 12 69, if you want to give us a call, it sounds very interesting. Have you got any uh, questions about it? That, uh, that's a way to go. It's just amazing all the things you've got to go through and what there is. We'll be back with more of High Tide after the news. Talk overnight. Just laying on the lounge, I, ha- I just had a bowl of ice cream. I was being naughty. I put it on the ground and I heard this thing walk down the stairs and I thought it was the cat. Put my hand down the pad. I thought, that's not a cat. It does seem that there are more diseases around these days that can be easily picked up. In terms of health, we really need to educate ourselves in relation to what's going on. On the way in here for the 98, everything was over $2, yeah. We've been ripped off for years and what do we do about it? Nothing. Talk overnight. Want accurate weight and ADG for every animal in your mob or herd? Consider True Test Walk Over Weighing. It's precision livestock farming where you can capture weights on every animal, not just a selection of them. With automated weighing and drafting you can trust, you can make decisions on your top and bottom performers with ease. With 24-7 support every step of the way. Get True Test Walk Over Weighing working for you. Phone 1-800-248-774 or visit truetest.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Dangerfield. How good is getting out on the water? But what if something happens to your boat or jet ski? You want to know that you can count on your insurance. That's why I choose Club Marine. Boat insurance by people who know boats. Club Marine is Australia's largest provider of boat insurance with more than 50 years experience. So if you're looking for flexible cover options, exclusive member benefits and fantastic claim service, look no further. Get a quote at clubmarine.com.au and discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. TMD available at clubmarine.com.au. Read the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Today I'm talking to Glenn, who is one of Arbor Vitae's many happy customers. Hi, Glenn. Hello, Leith. When did you start taking Arbor Vitae and what for? My mild arthritis had progressively deteriorated. I was reaching the stage of me being virtually crippled. A friend of mine suggested that I try Arbor Vitae, so I gave it a go. What benefits have you noticed from Arbor Vitae? After just the first bottle, the pain went from 8 out of 10 down to a manageable 2 or 3 out of 10. Are you happy to recommend Arbor Vitae and what would you tell our listeners about this product. Absolutely. I've told all my friends to give it a go. The secret is to have two or three bottles till the pain subsides and check dose that you're having the correct amount. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Arbovitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arbovitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Arbovitae.com.au Always read the label and follow the direct for use. Conferences and corporate golf days that will really impress your guests are par for the course at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Not one, not two, but three functional conference spaces and a contemporary clubhouse overlooking their picturesque 18th green. Make Twin Creeks your ideal conference or corporate golf day venue. To find out more, go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks helpful function staff on 9670 8888. 